Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 94. I'm Liam, your host. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. Ben, under a week to go. Can't wait now. Yes. How exciting is this? We're kind of coming to the end of these preseason games. It's all winding down. We've had some real odd ones amongst them as well. Your your Mavericks getting a big win in there, um, which hasn't been talked about because Kyrie Irving's stolen the spotlight. But um, it's difficult to tell what that's all going to mean for the regular season. Yeah. The undefeated Mavs march on. But unfortunately, I think there's also an undefeated Kings. So we'll see how much that actually means. <laughs> we'll see uh, come uh, come regular season. But plan for this episode, we are going to do our awards predictions and then a mini kind of betting preview, but really just overs and unders. Uh, we're going to pick three overs, three unders each that we, we think are locks we're going to call for the season. And then we'll monitor them as the season goes on. Uh, but let's start it off with awards. And why not start it off with a big one? We'll start it off with the, the MVP, mate. Uh, obviously, Jokic is the current reigning MVP. Uh, not very often does someone actually win twice in a row. I know it's happened a few times in our lifetime now, but it doesn't tend to happen. Uh, Bookie's favourites got Luca. He's the favourite. Kevin Durant, second favourite. Giannis, joint second favourite. Then we've got Curry, Embiid, Lillard, LeBron, Jokic, and then Harden in that order. And then the rest are all are all outsiders. So, um, what are your thoughts on MVP? And then, obviously, make your pick. Um well, for me, it's a three-horse race um, between Giannis, um, nice. Luca, and Embiid. Those are my top three guys, I think, that are going to be in contention. Um, the way I'm going to go about it is I'm straight away I'm going to take Giannis out of the MVP conversation because I think he's learned a lot from his previous seasons in winning the championship. I think the Bucks are an incredible regular season team. And he's an incredible regular season player. Um, however, I think he will do kind of start doing what the superstars tend to do. And that is doing enough to kind of win those regular season games to notch them up when he needs to. But not necessarily have an outstanding season this season. Yeah, um, which, which leaves me with the other two, with Luca and Joel Embiid. And I think a massive point that shouldn't really affect it, but is going to come down to this, is going to be team wins which out of the Mavericks and the 76 is going to get those team wins um, and their supporting cast because we all know Luca and Joel can put up some incredible numbers individually, but the only way they're going to get these wins is if the people around them are contributing as well. Um, so it's really tight for me between these two. The only reason I'm going to give it to this person is because I think they might have the added edge and motivation of they kind of talked a lot at the end of the season when they got knocked out of the playoffs on putting blame on certain people. <laughs> uh, they need to come out and prove a point this season, um, which is why I'm going to go with MVP of this season is going to be Joel Embiid. Nice. I like it. Uh, similar to you, really. Three horse. Well, I don't know. I want to say four-horse race, but I do probably think it's a three-horse race. Uh, I've got Luca, Durant, and Giannis. They are the top three. I want to say Curry, but like we said in our last podcast, I think start of the season might be a bit up and down for them. Yeah, uh, just whilst they wait for Clay, uh, and they're not stupid either. They know that it's going to be tough. So they won't kind of run Draymond's legs into the ground either at the start of the season when they haven't got Clay. They're going to wait to ramp him up as well. You'd think um, similar probably with Iggy as well. So maybe take him out of it. Um, and I think. I think I'm going to go... 
I've bet on Luca, obviously, my favourite player in the world, but I think I'm going to go with Kevin Durant because uh, I think they're going to win the one seed. I think the Jazz or Lakers will win the other one seed. Uh, the Jazz have like six players that all contribute similar levels, apart from probably Donovan. Yeah. Um, the Lakers have two stars, at least they're going to contribute very similarly. So it's hard to pick one of their players. But I think Kevin Durant, after last season, coming back from the injury, no Kyrie Irving, even though Harden's there, I just think Kevin Durant might be able to sneak it. So I'm going to go Durant. Uh, if I had to pick an outsider, though, I would pick Donovan Mitchell. If I had to pick a crazy odds one, he's like 30 to 1. Uh, just because I think, again, they could have loads of team wins. And if he ends up scoring 28 points a game uh, and they win, I don't know, 60 games, I think people will look at that. So I think he's a little bit of an outsider. Is there a name like really kind of far down the, the list that you think is interesting or no Me, one else got a shot? You can't rule out Jokic. So although he won MVP last season, he's not likely to win it again this year. However, he could have an almost kind of triple-double average season again, which is completely mad for somebody of his size and the way he plays um uh outside of those yeah durant is a great shout as well outside of those guys it, it needs someone to go absolutely crazy it could, maybe someone like a trey young if he's averaging crazy yeah. five to 40 points yeah and they finish like second in the east or something yeah something like that could could push him up but that's what exactly I think you've hit the nail on the head there it's got it's got to be averaging that plus like you said second or I think he's 20 to 1 as well so pretty good odds Uh, I'm already going to flip my answer because I've said Durant but on my spreadsheet I've written down Luca and I'm thinking why have I changed my answer so I'm just going to swap back already and just go Luca (laughs) that's how much I've already bet on both of them that's how much I'm I'm back and forth so let's just say Luca and then at the end of the season I can clip whichever one wins and just pretend I said that as my answer so that's good but now I'm going to swap go for Luca Luca and Embiid can be our official podcast picks. Nice. Uh, defensive player of the year, then. Uh, I'll start us off. This one's easy. It seems stupid to not pick Rudy Gobert every year. <laughs> I think that's probably an intelligent thing to do. But I'm going to be unintelligent uh, and think it's between him and someone else. So I'm going to go with the other guy. I'm going to go with Giannis. I'm not sure he'll win MVP. I think he'll be right up there. But I actually think he's got a big, big shot at Defensive Player of the Year. It's like a consolation award. Uh, he was so good at defensively in the playoffs. In the regular season, they do tend to take it quite seriously. Uh, and I've watched two Bucks preseason games this year, and he is kind of guarding smaller players now than he did before as well. So I wonder if sometimes they're going to put him on the best player, even if it's like a shooting guard, just to kind of nullify him. So uh, I think I'm going to go Giannis for defensive player of the year. It's a great pick. Um, like I said, he's, he's great in the regular season, and I think he is. I agree with you that he's more likely to win defensive player of the year than MVP this season. I just I think maybe the Bucks are. A, a bit more well balanced and know their roles a bit more and it'll be more he's got more people that can step up on the offensive end whereas he's got to work harder on the defensive end during the regular season um, so I think that's a good shout um, however I'm going to go somewhere else as well just make it a bit, a bit interesting um, this team when they won a championship had well fifth I think defensively um, and kind of fell apart a little bit last season, although it wasn't awful. But if they're going to have any chance of winning a championship this year, they need one player in particular to step up defensively because it's a team full of old people that can't move. So my pick for defensive player of the year is Anthony Davis because the only way they're going to be a good defensive team this year is if he is swatting shots left, right and centre, getting steals, just 
pounding the rebounds, getting the boards, and just being an absolute beast, basically. That is the only way they're going to have a good defensive record, and that is the only way they're going to get within an arm's reach of a championship this season. And to kind of boost that and help that along, Anthony Davis has said for the past three or four seasons, he wants that Defensive Player of the Year award. Injuries and other bits and pieces, uh, him kind of going to sleep in the bubble and LeBron taking over, I think potentially impacts that one and, and injuries last year impacts that. So a full healthy season from Anthony Davis is needed for him to be a beast and get that defensive player of the year. Nice. Uh, Davis is five to one from the bookies and uh, Giannis is about seven to one on average. So two good shouts there. Rudy Gobert, obviously the favourite, seven to two. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Simmons is up there as well, five to one. But I just wouldn't be able to do that without knowing who he's going to play for and when. Yeah. Yeah, because he could get traded to another team. And even if he's good, if the defensive stats for that team are terrible... People exactly. just won't, yeah, they just won't vote for him, regardless of if he does a great job every night. If the total stats look terrible, uh, he'll just get neglected. So, yeah, I'm not sure that would be yeah, a good bet. Uh, let's move on to what I think is probably the most difficult award for this year. There's two contenders for this, for, in terms of most difficult. Uh, let's go to sixth man. Uh, in terms of the betting odds, Jordan Clarkson's the favourite again. Uh, Joe Ingles is the second favourite, who's the guy that should have won last year, but he got uh, looked over. Uh, Paddy Mills, 13-1, to one, is third favourite. Tyler Hero, 12-1. to one. Derek Rose, 14-1. to one. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 16-1, to one, which I found uh, quite interesting. And then the last two, uh, Kevin Herter, 17-1, to one, and my guy, Jordan Poole, at 20-1. to one, But uh, that might be a little bit of a, a big shot. Uh, any thoughts on this one for you? Who do you think is going to win sixth man? Is it, is it like a two-horse race, or is it a four, four or five? Like I found this one quite hard, to be honest. If we're being sensible, it is probably going to be one of the Jazz guys or Patty Mills. Um, however, with everything going on in Brooklyn at the moment, Patty Mills is probably going to end up starting most of the season. So he might not be in contention for this award come award time. Yeah, that's my worry as well. Um, I've got a real deep cut pick <laughs> oh, that no. I think could be a real impact player um, and could increases oh, leave man. status by tenfold. You're going to say Alex Caruso, aren't you? Alex Caruso, I 50, think, 50 to 1. Is a great pick for sixth man of the year. I think coming off the bench in Chicago, he's going to in, contribute defensively because they've got some awful defensive players on that team. And he can score. The way they're going to be able to move the ball on that team, I think he's going to be able to score. And he's also going to get quite a few assists because there are some scores on that team. They've looked really good pre-season. Um, and I feel he could be that impact player that they need uh, and that he could become recognised as that new kind of sixth man out there in the East. So I'm going to go with that 50-1. to one, <laughs> Put a fiver on it. Let's go. Cut. Alex Caruso. That's bold. I think Caruso is very, he is very bold. I think Caruso is a very average basketball player, so I don't think I'm going to go with that. But I love the 50 <laughs> to 1 odds. If you could win a 50 to 1, that'd be, uh, that'd be lovely. Uh, if, if I'm being sensible, I go Jordan Clarkson because A, I love him as a player, and B, I think he he's going to do exactly what he did last season just come off the bench and shoot absolute crazy numbers, as in putting shots up, not necessarily percentage wise. But I've just got to do it. I'm going to take a swing on this one and go Alex Caruso. Nice. Uh, my pick I written down was Paddy Mills. 
Um, but I'll just caveat and say if he ends up starting and doesn't get there, I think he, I don't think he, I don't know if he will start enough games. We'll talk about that game in uh, uh, the open that season in the next podcast. But uh, I don't know if they're just going to start James Harden at point guard and just go with shooters and wings around him and KD. But uh, I've gone with Mills. Uh, but if he does get voted out in terms of he starts, then I think Joe Ingles is a good one just because I think. He should have got it last year, and um, I could see him taking another step forward this year if he plays from the bench again. So, yeah, those are my selections. Two Australians, funnily enough. Get the Aussies in. Well, they did have a really good Olympic, so why not? Yeah, especially Mills as well. He had a very, very good Olympics. Uh, let's go on. Why not? Let's go on to uh, most improved player then. Uh, another difficult one. In terms of the odds, Michael Porter Jr. is 9-1 to favourite. Kevin Porter Jr. is 11-1. to Jordan Poole is also eleven to one. Jar Morant is twelve to one, which I think is unlikely. Don't know what, how they think. What's he going to be like an all-star starter? But Shea is fourteen to one, uh, and Con Sexton is seventeen to one. So, any of those your pick, or have you got another deep cut for us? Not Caruso again, is it? Double, <laughs> doubling up. <laughs> yeah, maybe he get us both. No, uh, there's some really, really great options there. Um, but the pick I'm going to go with is Michael Porter. Um, because I think with um, Jamal Murray out, they are going to need that consistent second scorer. And he's been showing incredible improvements over the past two or three seasons. And I feel like this is the one where he could really hit his stride. We need to see a bit more from him defensively, definitely. But uh, come playoffs last season, his scoring was looking very, very good, very competent, very confident from pretty much anywhere on the court. So I, I feel like him and Jokic could become a little bit of a one-two punch and we see a real big step forward from him out there in Denver. So that's going to be my pick for most improved. Nice. I like that pick. That's a good pick. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to have a hell of a hell of a chance. I wrote, I wrote him down, actually, and I wrote someone else down. Uh, because you've got him with Porter Jr., I make it interesting and pick the other guy. Uh, of course, after mentioning him in the podcast last week, I'm going to say my guy, Jordan Poole. Another three dunks last night. He hit a 35-footer from three. Uh, he's averaging 27 points in the preseason. So I'm just kind of all in on the Jordan Poole hype train, ready to be disappointed. Uh, so I just think I'm going to go for it. No clay, so he's going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, and I just think hopefully if he earns those minutes and plays well and plays out when he comes back, then he can kind of be their sixth man, basically, and come off the bench and try and score. So I think I'm going to go Jordan Poole, um, but he probably needs to score a hell of a lot of points. And I think you never know. There's going to be nights when they rest Steph as well, where I just think they're the nights when maybe you'll be like, oh, my God, Jordan Poole scored 40 points. And then you'd be like, oh, wow, that looks quite good. Whereas I think Porter Jr., uh, he could do similar things. So I think those two are the uh, the obvious two for me. Yeah. Uh, I struggle to see Shea or Jar winning it because I think they're already so good. The only way they'd improve is like becoming like an all-star, all-pro sort of guard. And I'm just not sure they can do that in the West because there's so many good guards ahead of them. Um, but yeah, I think the ones we picked there are, uh, are good. Let's move on to uh, the young guys then. Rookie of the year. Uh, any thoughts on this one? The, I'll give you the better nods, actually. Uh, funny enough, number one pick, Cade Cunningham isn't actually favourite. Jalen Green of the Rockets is favourite after he's looked pretty good all summer. Cade Cunningham is second favourite. Jalen Suggs of the Magic is third favourite, and then Scotty Barnes of the Raptors is fourth favourite, and your man Evan Mobley is fifth favourite. So, where are you going, uh, and why is it a homer pick, which I know is coming? <laughs> well, I have really appreciated how good Evan Mobley has been looking preseason, 
Um, but I don't think he's going to get the Rookie of the Year award simply because there's, so, again, so many kind of bigs that they're going to have to rotate there in Cleveland. I don't know if he's going to get enough time to shine. Although, I think already he's potentially better than some of the ones they've got there already. Um, he's definitely one to watch for the next kind of three or four seasons, that's for sure. For me, it's between um, Cunningham and Jalen Green. Like you said, Jalen Green has looked incredible so far. Super athletic, really fun to watch. Sort of no fear, just going forward and and doing what he needs to do. Um, whereas Cade, don't know, difficult to tell at this point not seen too much of him um, on an NBA court, let's say, at least. So, difficult to say. So, uh, they're both going to have terrible records as a team. <laughs> yeah, they will, yeah. Probably yeah. the worst in each conference, you guess. Exactly, yeah. But it gives them both sort of unlimited playing time and shots to go up. So, either of them could have incredibly huge or incredibly awful seasons, depending <laughs> on how well they shoot and score and pass and, and you know, get their team involved. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to settle on Jalen Green. I think he's potentially got a slightly better supporting cast around him currently. Um, a mix of a lot of other young, hungry kind of athletic guys that he can play alongside and get involved. And some talented bigs there as well to help him out. So, uh I think he's got the most kind of potential there to get that Rookie of the Year award. Nice. I think that's a good shout. Um, I think he was actually second or third favourite before uh, the Summer League and stuff started, and then he's kind of rocketed up to favourite. But uh, I'm going to go Cade, I think. Cade Cunningham. I preferred him out of college. Um, Very good player. Like you said, both teams are going to have a pretty bad record. Uh, and I just think maybe Cade can do more things overall. I'm not sure if he'll score as many points as Jaden Green did at will, but I think he'll be able to facilitate for others, be a bit better defensively, uh, have some highlight passes as well, which will get all over the internet and kind of get the hype going for him a bit. So I think I'm going to pick Cade. Um, but I actually quite like as a little sleeper pick. I quite like um, Scotty Barnes. If the Raptors are actually like ninth in the East, like a bit better than me and you think, and he starts for them or plays, comes off the bench as sick man. He's looked really, really good in preseasons. I think that's a good little outside bet, but uh, I'm going to pick Cade Cunningham, I think. Nice. Yeah. Safe pick. Definitely. Uh, cool. Let's move over to Copes then. Uh, there weren't any English bookies actually with odds, but I've got uh, the American odds. So uh, Steve Nash is favourite, 8 to 1. Uh, Eric Spolstra is second favourite, 9 to 1. Billy Donovan from the Bulls is 10 to 1. Quinn Snyder of the Jazz is 11 to 1. Steve Kerr is also eleven to one. Monty Williams twelve to one. Vogel fourteen to one. Macmillan fourteen to one. Then everyone else is obviously worse than that. So, uh, who are you going to have for your coach of the year? And who's it kind of between as well? Who's your, your running mates for that? Um, so again, I'm down to three: one from the West and two from the East. Um, looking at Snyder from the Jazz from the West, I, I I'm fairly confident they're going to come out with that best record again. Like I said last last part I think their team's so deep they're well drilled defensively and offensively um, that they're going to get this kind of top of the pile come the end of the regular season um, and out of the east it's between 
uh, Nash and, and Bud. Whoever comes out on top in the East there is going to get it, potentially. So because there's two from the East I've picked there and I can't really pull them apart, I'm going to go with uh, Snyder for the Jazz getting coach of the year. Nice, nice eleven to one there. Um, Coach Bud is twenty to one as well, so uh, a bit of an outsider there. Wow. You mentioned, yeah, I know, surprising one. Sometimes it goes to the coach that ends up kind of turning, making a team better than last year. Yeah, Obviously, sure. it's hard for the Bucks to to look better than last year, but uh, if they have a massive record, then yeah, definitely, definitely with a chance. Uh, I'm going to go for Steve Nash. I wrote down Steve Nash. Like I said, I think they're going to win the East. I think there's a chance if things go right. I'm not sure if this will happen, but there's a chance they could have some incredible record. You know, where we're looking at it like, wow, they've lost like 13 games this year, something incredible. Uh, and then I think it would be too hard for people to turn it turn it down for him. Uh, so I think people like Nash as well. Last year they had so many injuries and he dealt with uh, the, the racial equality stuff really well the summer before. Uh, in the media, so I think that um, Nash is quite well liked in the media. So I think I'm going to go with uh, Nash if they win the the East. I think they, he's got a hell of a chance. Yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah, I think oh, he's I'm... a right. I think he's a rightful favourite. Uh, I like Spolstra as well, but I think sometimes I like to go to new people. So I was trying to look like who's new, and there's kind of not really anyone new. I just think Steve Nash is relatively new compared to the list below him. Uh, I think Nate McMillan's got a chance if the Hawks finish second, same as what you said. Yeah, with with Trey Young. Um, but I had them in fourth, I think it was, wasn't it? So I just kind of have to lean on my kind of theory that the, the, the net's going to be really good and uh, they're going to have the one seed, I think. Yeah, because we also said that we thought sort of like the Jazz on the one side, maybe with the Lakers or whoever, and then the uh, Nets and the Bucks on the other side were going to be that cut above everybody else in the conference. They're going to be, you know, five or six wins at least ahead of whoever's in third place yeah so in theory whoever's coached them to that many wins above everybody else in the league you would think that they're in with a really strong shout of that coach of the year award yeah definitely definitely it's a hard award actually yeah. to look at but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens i think we've got some uh, some good ideas from that one uh cool let's move over then from awards to some over unders like i said earlier we've got three overs each and three unders each where we're going to say uh, which team? Uh, obviously the over or the under, and then talk a little bit about why. Uh, I'll kick us off with, I think, a relatively easy one, or an easy one for me. Uh, I've gone with the Utah Jazz, over 52.5 wins. Uh, we're both pretty bullish on them. I think I had them to finish second, you had them to finish first. Uh, I still think as a second, whoever finishes second in the West is probably going to have 54 wins-ish, maybe 56. Yeah. Uh, and I just think the Jazz are a regular season team. Rudy Gobert in the regular season is so much better than the playoffs. Their defense is so good in the regular season because of Rudy Gobert, and they've got so many people like we spoke about earlier with the Sixth Man Award that can go out and score, score, score the ball and, and hit three points at a good rate. So, I'm going to go Jazz over 52 and a half as one of my three overs. It's a great pick because they had 52 wins last season in the shortened season. You got sort of 10 extra games to play with here, so yeah. you would think they can top that by quite quite a lot, maybe potentially. Yeah, and they, they, they're pretty deep. I think if Donovan Mitchell gets injured, it's a different story. But I think anyone else, they can kind of handle it to a point. Like even Rudy Gobert, I think they could just go small ball and just shoot the lights out every night. So I think overall, they're pretty deep. So I think over 52.5 is a, is a nice one. Um, who's your first team that you're going to go over? Um, my first team, I'm going to go with... Which one should I go with first? Um, 
I'm going to go with. Uh, I just want to go with first. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I think Phoenix Suns are going to go over 51 wins. Nice. Um, again, same sort of theory, really. 51 wins last season. You've got 10 extra games to play with. Uh, they've had a season to kind of gel uh, and get themselves together. I know Chris Paul's coming off the back of surgery. However, um, I just think they're in such a good place to kind of push on from where they were last season, even without having him that beginning of the season. I feel like Devin Book has grown as a player and, and improved so much that he can become the leader and get his team through those first, however, maybe couple of months or whatever it may be without Chris Paul um, so I think the Phoenix Suns are going to get over the 50 or well, they have 51 51 and a half wins yeah so 52 wins plus and I think they had 51 wins last year like you said yep. with less games so. nice I think that makes sense that's a good one uh, like I said in the podcast before I'm a bit worried about that Chris Paul situation but if that comes through pretty pretty unscathed and he's back soon and stuff then yeah, I think they've got a uh, they've got a hell of a chance. Uh, cool. My next one, I'm going to go with my homer pick and go with the Dallas Mavericks over 48 and a half wins. So they need to win 48 games, obviously. They won 42 last year in a shortened season, so they have extra games. They also had the second worst COVID situation of anyone in the league. Uh, and in terms of injuries, they had the third worst, well, third most amount of minutes missed by starters in the regular season. So injuries and COVID killed them last year, and they still finished fifth with 42 wins. Uh, and I just think about 50 wins, between 47 and 51, I think is where they're going to fit. So I'm going to lean on the over and hope they become a 51 team. Uh, I had them finishing third, I think so did you. So I think to finish third, they're going to need 48 to 52 wins to get in that range this year with the extra games. So um, I'm going to go Mavs, I think, over 48 and a half. Nice. Yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah, uh, I did briefly look at them as well. It's if, if they can really pull themselves together, there's no reason why they can't push above those those wins, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, quite a good number, actually, because I saw 48 and thought, oh, the Maps might win 48 games, <laughs> which is annoying. So if it was 47 and a half, I'd have been like, oh, that could be my first lock. But yeah, um, easy, I'll, yeah. Just go, I'll just go with Luca and say, let's, let's hope he can win uh, win 50 games. Who's your uh, next over? Um, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they are 46 and a half predicted I think they're going to go over that um, if you look at last season 41 wins um, again Trey Young I think grew massively throughout that playoffs and I think the team looks really good this season they've got their new coach for a full season rather than a half a season um, and I think that those two elements could be enough to kind of get them over that uh, 46 and a half win barrier and potentially keep them sort of in the top four, maybe in the East, potentially. Yeah, that was an interesting one. When you look back to last season, they actually started the season so badly, didn't they? Yeah, really um, which, I, which I do think is a, uh, is a key factor in this number, why the number is quite a bit higher than what they won last year. And uh, yeah, I think that's quite a clever over. I think they'll sit somewhere around that total. And I think, obviously, you had them finishing kind of a second or third, didn't you, in the uh, third, I think, in the East, wasn't it? Third, yeah. 
Yeah, third in the East, so yeah, you're high on them. That's a good, good pick. Um, cool. My last over then is also linked to the Mavs. I'm going with the Indiana Pacers with the coach Rick Carlisle. Uh, I did a fan survey for someone uh, who's doing a university course yesterday, and they asked which new coach would have the most impact, and I picked Rick Carlisle. I think that their offense is going to be a million times better. And all we heard last year was that everybody in the team hated their head coach. <laughs> so I think if you all hated your head coach, and he's a rookie with not much experience, and you bring in arguably one of the best tacticians in the league, I think things are only going to improve. So their total is 42 and a half, uh, which is a little bit higher than I like. I think last year they won 34 games. Like I said, that's probably probably about 10 wins under where I think they're going to finish this year. Uh, but they need to be better. There's only there's not enough get new games just for them to win that many. They need to have a better kind of uh, percentage record. They need to start the season a lot better than last year. And I think they'll do that purely because of Rick Carlisle. And again, they were one of the only teams to have worse injuries than the Mavs last year. So I think that that can kind of progress back and, and get a little bit more back to average with that. So I'm going to go paces over 42 and a half. I think it'll be close though, 43, 44 wins. Um, but yeah, I'm quite high on the paces this year. As long as they don't trade all their players for Ben Simmons. We'll see. <laughs> Might happen. You never know. I know. Uh, last over then for you, mate. My last over is the Portland Trailblazers. Predicted Ooh. 44 and a half. Uh, new coach this season. Um, couple of little change-ups in the roster. Hoping to be a bit of a better defensive team or at least turn up to defend. One get one or two games would be nice. Um, <laughs> coupled with that offensive, that unbelievable offensive talent we know they've got. And... Um, hopefully a fully healthy season from all their players because they had like um, CJ was out the lineup and then he came back and then Dame was out and then it was kind of a bit of a mishmash um, for the past two seasons I'd say potentially um, especially if you, you look at Nurkic as well um, last season they had 42 wins so you're looking for three more wins uh, with 10 extra games to play with and hopefully a better defensive unit. Um, I know they've lost a massive defensive, uh, offensive weapon in Mello, but... Um, Mello. I think they've got it in them. I think they can do it. Nice. I like that pick. I toyed with them in the paces. They're very similar, aren't they? 42 yes. and a half, 44 and a half. Yeah. So I did... I toyed with that one, but I had a sneaky suspicion you'd be on a bit of Dame time there. I know you're a big fan, so yeah, I think that's a good one. I think, I think some of the odds you look at and they're like bang on right, and I think the Trailblazers one does look a little bit short, uh, yeah. especially if CJ plays the whole season. But they could also trade for Ben Simmons, and maybe our opinion would change. We'll see. <laughs> ben Simmons could be a key factor in us losing some of these over-unders. We'll, we'll find yeah. out. Uh, cool, let's move to the negative side then, move on to the unders. Give me uh, your first team to go under with. Boston Celtics. Oh, I didn't, didn't think you'd say that one. You were so high on them last year. Did they burn you, mate? That's the they question. They really hurt me last season. Really hurt me. They predicted 46 and a half wins. Um, last season, they got 36. They were 36 and 36. Just sort of broke even. Um, we we differ on opinions here with the, with the Celtics. You quite like the setup they've got this season. You think there's been a bit of a roster improvement, whereas... I'm not convinced on the new additions and, and the way the roster's changed and um, who they've got in. New coach as well. They've had a bit of a change around sort of front office-wise. Um, and I'm, as much as I love Tatum and Brown, I think they are incredible players and incredible talents, which is why I kept picking them to win stuff 
<laughs> over the last three couple of seasons. But um, with the competition they're going to come up against, not just with the juggernauts out west coming to play them, but I think there's going to be some tough matchups in the east. Uh, I don't know if they're going to close out enough wins. Interesting. I did think they might be on your list. After you said it, it kind of made sense just because of uh, what you said last podcast. I was a little bit more high, wasn't I, on the Al Horford, Dennis Schroeder deals than, than you were. Um, we'll see. I think their number's quite close to being right. I haven't got them on an overall under, to be honest, because I think it's a tough, tough one to call. We need to see how they start the season. But yeah, there's been a hell of a lot of change there, so it wouldn't shock me if they did uh, did go under. Um, my first under then is actually my best. If I had to pick one out of all these six I've got written down, this is the best. Uh, so shout out to podca- fellow podcaster James Plowright comes on the show very often. Uh, I'm going to go Hornets under 37 and a half. Uh, I just don't like the Hornets. <laughs> they were quite plucky last year, but I'm just not sure for me that they're going to be the same again. Last year they won 33 games. Yeah. And I think they're going to be worse than last year. They still might win more games because there are more games, obviously, to, to play. But I think their overall winning percentage will be less. Uh, I never really can trust Gordon Hayward's injuries anymore. Uh, their big man rotation looks pretty poor. I don't know if Terry Rozier is going to shoot as well as he did last year. Uh, Lamelo Ball also shot the ball pretty well last year, which is unexpected coming out of uh, coming from Australia. So, yeah, I'm just not big on these Hornets. I watched them play the Grizzlies. They looked bad. The coach come out and Terry Rozier come out and said they need to fight. We got absolutely dogged by the other team. It was embarrassing. Next night, they lose to the Mavs by, I think it was like 50, was it 58 points? Uh, one of the worst records, one of the worst losses in preseason history. And obviously, I watched that whole game being a Mavs fan. And I just looked at them and just, I know they had a lot of players out of that game, but uh, it just didn't seem right to me and they didn't look great. So, I think I'm going to go Hornets under. I see them as like a 32 to 35 win sort of team area. Uh, and if they have a bad start, I'll be looking quite comfortable because I think the end of their season is quite difficult. So I'm going to go gonna go for the Hornets under. I know you like the Hornets last year, mate, but unfortunately I've got to go against them this year. Yeah, they, they were very entertaining. Um, I hope they all come back healthy and play with that same kind of energy as they did last season um, with that addition of Kelly Oubre. But I completely agree with you. Their big rotation is... Absolute dog. It's basically non-existent. It's it's atrocious. Yeah, it's in in the east, which is uh, got some good big guys in as well, um, and some good stretch fours at least. So yeah, that is a little bit of a uh, bit worried to me. Uh, who's your next under then? You got the Celtics first. Who's your next? The Raptors. Oh, so this is interesting. I debated an over with these guys, but I didn't put them in. But I did debate it, so I'm interested to hear I mean, why, it, what your thoughts are. So sort of. Filling on from what I said last uh, on, on our East preview, I'm not overly convinced by this roster. I feel like it's a bit of a mishmash of players. Uh, they're in a bit of a limbo at the moment. There's some serious talent there. And it's going to bite me in the ass because Nick Nurse is an incredible coach and he's going to get the best out of them and they're probably going to make the playoffs <laughs> and be an incredible team. But I just there's just something in the back of my mind that says... They're not going to be able to pull it together. Um, they're going to have each kind of player on that team is going to have great individual nights, but they're not going to pull it together as a team when they play the kind of the bigger teams and the more competitive games. So they're predicted um, 35 and a half. Last season, they pulled out 27. So it's definitely within reach for them to go over it, but I'm not convinced. 
Yeah, interesting to see. I think Siakam's key to that one. Obviously struggled last year, got banned twice for conduct detriment to the team, got benched twice for arguing with Nick Nurse during the game. Um, obviously he's back home now because they did play in Tampa, so that could improve. But if it doesn't improve and the relationship's done or Siakam's kind of just not himself anymore after a couple of good seasons and a bit of a dip, maybe maybe you never know. They could trade him and go full tank and then you could win the win the bet easily, couldn't you, if that happens. And Dragic as well, another one. If they trade him, they're not trading him for a better player. They're trading him for picks and for, for kind of salary fillers, aren't they? So... Yeah, I don't mind that one. Uh, I'd be scared, though, with Nick Nurse, like you said. We're both Nick Nurse fans, aren't we? So I'd be yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah I'd be scared of that one. Uh, cool. So two more for me. Which one first? I actually think, I think whichever one I don't if I don't say, you might say as your third anyway. But we'll say I'm going to go Clippers under 45 and a half. Um, they're slightly, like you said, they're actually above the Blazers for me, which I was found interesting. Uh, they're so 45 and a half, which is one game over the Blazers prediction i just not sure uh, i'm not sure when Kawhi will play we spoke about this in depth in the west pod so i won't go into too much detail but never likes to disclose his injuries has his own doctor stuff like that so we are going to hear very whenever he decides to come back we're going to hear very close to that time we're not going to hear next week that he's back in december that's not the way it'll work we'll kind of be in the dark for as long as possible before we find yeah. out he'll just suit up one night and <laughs> yeah and score 50 probably yeah um but yeah 47 wins last year so it looks good but he is a big injury uh their back their bench has kind of changed around a little bit that could work better that could work worse i'm not sure i think kind of play it by ear with that one a back is already injured uh terence man just got a nice extension but Will he shoot as well? I'm not sure. Will Reggie Jackson shoot as well? I'm not sure. I think Paul George would be very good. Um, but yeah, I'm not a Bledsoe fan, so I'm not sure how the rest of that rotation is going to look. So yeah, I'm going to go lean Clippers under there, mainly because of the injuries and a bit of three-point regression, because they were the best three-point team in the league behind the Jazz, I think, last year. So I'm going to going to say that gets a little bit worse. Is that fair? Yeah, completely fair. Um, like you said, especially with Kawhi out, uh, you not know him what the new guys are, are going to bring and whether the uh, kind of the guys are going to get in to fill those minutes are going to step up. We don't know what Paul George we're going to get. It's a real unknown team. I, I, the thing they have got going for them is I think Tyron Lue's got a good handle on that team at the moment. Seems to coach yeah. them really well. Seems That seems to be a really good fit. Uh, but... They could have some absolute shockers during the regular season and, and like you said, dip under their predicted. Nice. Uh, cool. One more each then. Who's your last under? I won't be interested to see if it's the same team I've got written down for mine. My final pick is the Pelicans. Oh, not the same. But I know why you're going to say it. Because you hate Zion. <laughs> exactly it. No, so they're, they're predicted 39 and a half, so... 40-plus wins, basically. Um, they got 31 last season, and arguably their roster is a lot worse. So I don't one, know actually. if they're going to actually get close to that. I, I think they might come out with about the same amount of wins, about 31 wins, although they've got 10 extra games to play with. Uh, you don't know if Zion's going to be there for any part of this season. He's at the moment, he can't walk, although... He was predicted to be back for the beginning of the season. He's still not recovered from whatever surgery he's had. Um, they've got Brandon Ingram, who we both really like. He's a great player, but is he enough to carry that team with a very limited supporting cast? 
to any wins at all. I don't know. Um, new kind of coaches and a new setup. They've lost Alonso. Uh, it's tricky to see them putting a string of decent wins together, especially against some of those teams out West. Yeah, I don't dislike that at all. Um, I haven't checked their strength for their schedule in terms of when it's easy when it's hard, but uh, I don't see that Zion will be playing before middle of November. So probably three weeks into the season at best. Uh, so if their schedule is relatively, di- relatively difficult in that period, then it's just like, oh, this, this not, they're not going to start the season with enough wins. You know what I mean? They're going to be playing yeah. catch-up for that win total. So yeah, I don't hate it. Um, and there's a lot of discussion now. I know some of it's a bit... As a Mavs fan, I got a bit tired of it last year with the photos of Luca looking out of shape, but he was out of shape. But uh, it does become a bit tiring. That's always the topic. But uh, there was that photo going around two days ago of Zion at media day this year compared to media day last year. And he's a good 30, 20, 30 pounds heavier. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of that. Is, I know a lot of it's because he can't run at the moment due to the injury. So that's part of it. But... Um, there was an anonymous leak to Sports Illustrated that Zion's come in, in their opinion, come in overweight every single season now. So, uh, yeah, it's just a real big worry with the injury. So I think that's clever, because uh, clever pick because their injuries. Devontae Graham placing Lonzo Ball that could be a disaster defensively, couldn't it? So, yeah, I think that that's a clever pick, I think. Um, but it wasn't the team that I had. I was worried you were going to say the same team as me. So I've gone with, I changed my answer at the last minute. I did have the Pistons, but then McCade Cunningham thought Scott distracted me a bit, so I swapped it out to a team above the Pistons slightly with the win record. Uh, I'm going with the Houston Rockets. Projected 27 and a half wins is the total, so they need to win 28 games basically to go over. Last year, they won 17. So they'd need to win 11 more games than last year, which is all 10 of the extra games plus another one. Uh, with a younger roster, uh, I don't know if it's worse. It probably isn't worse, to be honest. Obviously, James Harden did come in, been a bit of a joke at the start of last season. So the team chemistry is definitely better, but it's still a very, very young roster. Uh, so I kind of just was picking between them and the Pistons. And the fact they had a couple more wins on their projection, three more wins, I just went with the Rockets, really. Because I think uh, someone's going to finish under 25 wins in each conference. Uh, so I think the Rockets under about 25, 24-ish wins makes sense. So I'm going to go Rockets under 27 and a half. Yeah, it's a nice pick. We, we've already said that. There's a lot of young, kind of hungry talent on that team that's kind of, it's very raw at the same time. They they kind of need to rein it in and hone it in. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you hit the nail on the head with them trying to make up that amount of wins to hit that total. It's going to be really tricky. So we shall watch this space and see what comes up. Yeah, I think the West is better as well than uh, maybe it was last year. It's difficult to tell. The West was pretty good last year, but I think it's, it's a difficult conference. So, yeah, I think the Rockets are going to struggle. Yeah. Um, but that's the end of our awards and our over-unders then. Just to recap, uh, in terms of over-unders, I've gone Jazz over 52.5, Mavs over 48.5, Pacers over 42.5, Hornets under 37.5, Clippers under 45.5, Rockets under 27.5. And you want to quickly just recap yours? Oh my god, that means I've got to remember them all. <laughs> you have So I had. You had the Suns over 51.5. You had the Hawks over 46.5. Correct. And. Blazers over 45.5. Four, four and a half. And then I had the Celtics under 46.5. And, 
I had the Pelicans under 39 and a half, and I had the Raptors under 35 and a half. Interesting. Nice. There's some little tips for you there, uh, everyone listening. See how many we get right, see how many we get wrong come the end of the season. But uh, that brings this pod to an end. Our next pod will be a little mini pod just to preview the opening night of the NBA season. Then we're probably going to add in another game or two as well just to, to restart our prediction league. That uh, I can't remember who won last year. I think we kind of stopped it a little bit towards the end of the season. Uh, but, I, I can confirm you uh, you won it. So I'm in need of some sort of forfeit, I guess. Um, maybe we can get some listeners to suggest some forfeits for this season. Um, that'd be really yeah. good. Um, yeah, good idea, actually, everyone. Yeah, send in some ideas for, for each of us, knowing what we like and hate, e.g. Zion, LeBron, etc. People like that. <laughs> uh, and your punishment for last year, Ben, can be a £10 or £20, whatever you want, donation to a food bank charity of your choice. You can do that. Um, and we'll trust that you do it. That can be your punishment for last year. Do it. So, yeah, Worry. nice. So yeah, I won last year. Uh, next part will be our, like I said, a mini pod. We'll have three or four games to preview on that one. Uh, and then following that, we'll have the first week of the NBA season and we'll be back with our usual show. This year, we're probably going to do one show a week, we think, um, consistently, which will be like, a, I guess, a review of the week before and then a mini preview for a few games for the following week. And then we're going to throw in a couple of our debate series as well and uh, some team specials as well, just added on throughout the season. So any guests that you guys think we should get on, just drop us a note on Twitter. Go follow us at underscore Harvard Hoops and we will speak to you soon.